Hi, I'm Kieran, and this is Growth Lessons, the show where I interview founders who've grown their business or community, try to understand how they did it, and find actionable lessons we can take away. I recently came across Dan on Twitter and reached out to him for an interview. He was super friendly and open with his advice. The crazy thing is, if a startup had grown as quickly as Dan's newsletter, you'd be reading about it everywhere. But he's built a $350,000 side hustle almost completely under the radar. He talks about how he got started, the realities of sending an email to 100,000 people every day, the power of being mediocre, and also gives some fantastic advice for growing a newsletter business. I hope you enjoy it. I'm I'm a software engineer as like a day job. So, you know, like most software engineers, I spend like all my time at work actually just reading Hacker News instead of, you know, actually doing work. And uh, so basically, like, you know, I, I thought that like, I, I kind of wanted just like an excuse to just read like all these sites that I usually go to just sort of once a day um, and sort of just like compile stuff into a newsletter instead of, you know, just constantly like refreshing this sort of stuff, right? So like Hacker News, Slashdot, like a lot of the subreddits, um, there's a few other aggregators like Lobsters, and then like I have an RSS feed and stuff like that too, right? So I kind of had this idea for a newsletter. Um, because, you know, newsletters were, they're not as big as they are now, but they they were, like, starting to, like, pick up, I think, in 2018. Um, and so, yeah, like, basically, I just started writing this newsletter called TLDR, and it, uh, I guess, like, yeah, it, it just kind of um, kept growing pretty fast. So it was, like, I was just motivated to continue, right? Because, like, um, I, I feel like one of the things that is, is really hard about being like, uh, I, I guess like a bootstrap founder is that you, you never like, you can just quit at any time. Right. And there's like no one holding you accountable. You don't have like uh, like venture capitalists or something like telling you you can't quit or whatever. Right. So like, it's important to like keep up that sort of growth momentum. Uh, I think um, in order to like keep yourself motivated. Uh, but yeah, luckily for me, like, we just kept kind of uh, growing steadily. And then um, now I just kind of, I, I'm kind of just doing the same thing as I was in the beginning, you know, just like writing the newsletter every day, except for now it's for a uh, hundred some thousand people um, instead of like uh, 1000 people. But I mean, for me on my end, it's kind of just the same, right? So what were, what were like the first few weeks like in terms of numbers? Like how many people got the first newsletter and then like the fourth or the eighth one? Uh, the first newsletter must have been just, uh, I, like, I think my friend, uh, one of my, I had a friend that signed up for the newsletter. So I guess the first one probably just went out to one person. Um, <laughs> but you know, actually I started running, uh, Reddit ads, which, you know, so like when, when people talk about running paid ads, right, it's almost always about Facebook and Google because those are the two places where there's enough scale to actually be interesting to, to most companies right or or to have like pay-per-click agencies be specialized in them whereas with things like reddit and quora like no self-respecting company uses reddit i don't want to say that but like you know <laughs> you know what i mean like, yeah. uh, like most like companies just don't really care to use reddit so like the ads are actually there's less competition and it's like cheap so if you're like a bootstrapper i'm actually a huge fan of just starting on like reddit or quora um because you can like if you're if you're more strapped for cash than you are for time 
then like you get a lot of bang for your buck for a small amount of dollars on like Reddit and Quora, right? Especially like Quora, you can actually pick individual questions to, to put your ad on. So then it's just like super, super targeted, right? So like there's a bunch of questions on Quora that I started out targeting that are like, what are the like, like someone asked like, what's the best tech newsletter for developers or something, right? So, and like, I would just put my ad on that newsletter and like, maybe I would spend like, you know, $2 a month or something and I'd get like five leads, but it'd just be like super, super efficient, right? For a small amount of money. So like for me, that was like really instrumental in, in sort of getting the first few thousand users because I didn't have to spend that much money on it. And then after that, like I started getting some word of mouth, some people would link to me and all that sort of stuff. So, um, but yeah. So do you think, yeah. For someone like me in, in the early days, should I be doing paid ads? Because I was kind of like, oh, I should, I should just wait for it to grow organically by word of mouth. Um, but then perhaps it's not going to do that. And, and perhaps I'll kind of lose interest because I won't be growing my audience all the time. So would you recommend doing that? Uh, like I recommend it if you have the budget, like, um, yeah, I, I guess everyone's financial situation is different. Right. But I would say that like generally like the, it's, uh, the, there are like sort of two types of growth strategies, right? Like there are the types that are sort of, um, you grow in percentage terms, these sort of like exponential growth things. So those would be like uh, word of mouth, things like um, cross promotions, where you do cross promotions with uh, newsletters that are about your size. So the larger you get, the, the better your cross promotions are. Um, uh, and those sorts of things, right? Um, whereas there's this sort of more linear growth uh, uh, strategies like purchasing paid ads and... Um, and posting in forums and stuff where, uh, you know, if you're, you're going to get a sort of set number of people per dollar or per unit time. Um, and in the beginning, you want to look at the linear ones, right? Because in the beginning, like word of mouth isn't going to help you that much if you only have like uh, a few hundred or like maybe one or 2000 um, subscribers because uh, there's just not that much word of mouth. You'll, you'll grow like some percentage from word of mouth, but it's a percentage of a small number to begin with, right? Um, whereas like if you have paid ads or these sort of like form posting strategies, then you can grow sort of linearly in the beginning. And then after that, like once you hit some critical mass, you can start trying to do these like more exponential, um, sort of growth models. Like, um, you know, when people talk about, uh, exponential growth, they're always talking about it in, uh, in like the steep part of the trajectory. Right. But you forget that like the beginning of an exponential growth curve just looks like flat and that part sucks. So like if you can just be linear instead of flat in the beginning and then start trying to do these exponential strategies, then I think, um, I think you're coming out way ahead. Yeah. I think that sounds like a good strategy. And what, what point, um, did you think, Oh, actually this is going somewhere like this could turn into a serious kind of business. Uh, I think when I had my first sponsors reach out, um, cause you know, I, I've never really put effort that much effort until the last couple months into actually uh, reaching out to sponsors. Um, mo almost all of the sponsors I have are people that, that found me. So I, I guess when the first person found me and um, offered to like give me, I think it was just like a couple hundred bucks uh, to put, um, put an ad in my newsletter. I was like, this, this is crazy, you know, because it, it doesn't feel like uh, a SaaS company where you set up a billing system and stuff. 
literally, I would just created a Stripe account and I sent this guy an invoice and this guy just sent money to a stranger on the internet, you know, like, <laughs> I, I don't even know what it was like from, from their perspective, like what would possess them to send money into the internet like that. But I guess it's just, it just felt like super, like, like my day job is at a SaaS company, right? And like, uh, there's like a, we have a billing system and we sell our like recurring subscriptions and it all feels like super um, official and formal. And this felt more like just like, like I mowed somebody's lawn and they just gave me some cash or something, right? It felt like super <laughs> informal and like transactional. Um, but that was like, uh, yeah, I guess like uh, in these sorts of um, smaller bootstrap businesses, it always feels like when you get your first dollar that you're sort of a real business that um, somebody finds enough value in to, uh, to give you some money. And in terms of producing the content, I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of in a dream position because you were already reading the articles. You're, you're <laughs> just summarizing the articles that you've already read. Um, un- unlike, you know, my newsletter where I actually have to speak to someone at least once a week to get the content, you can, you can literally sit there, do what you normally do. And I mean, I'm sure there's work that goes into it, but it's, um, you know, as, as your subscriber numbers grew, did you feel like pressure to provide extra value? Um, I think the feedback was always like kind of just good. Uh, so like every day now I get like emails that are like, Hey, really like your newsletter. I read it every day. So that's like just sort of motivating to, you know, keep doing what I'm doing. Um, I would say like the only thing that I've really done that like in terms of changing the content as I've grown is like, it, like this has never been like a political newsletter or anything. Right. But like, I just completely tried to avoid anything that like even mentions it. Like, I remember in the beginning, there was like, uh, like, like if you think about it, like a hundred thousand people is just like a lot of people, right? Like, I think more than like one in a hundred thousand people is just like a, a straight up murder in the US, right? For example. So like, when you have like numbers that big, like the crazy outliers are just like, like you have like a handful of people that are just like complete psychos that probably read your news, right? And like, a lot of them come out when you say anything political. Like I, I remember like early on, I had this like one story in my newsletter that was like, um, like Trump was de, uh, like pulling funding for the international space station. Right. And it was just like completely neutral. Just like, it, it's just a fact, right? Like that he was pulling funding from the international space station. And, uh, I put that in like the science and technology section. And then like, I just got these crazy emails that were like, uh, like, oh, man, like, you and you, like, you, well, you should look at what you and your precious Obama were doing. And I was like, man, look, I didn't, I didn't even say anything. I didn't even give my opinion on any of this. Like, so now, and I just, like, and, and then there was, like, another one. There's this guy named Jordan Peterson, who I'm not sure if you've heard of. He's, like, uh, sort of like a, like a, I guess, like a right-wing intellectual, I guess. And he was, like, starting his own social network, right? And I was like, oh, he's starting a new social network. That's kind of interesting. And so I like put it in like the miscellaneous section of my newsletter. And like, I just, there were just people like telling me I was like a racist, like platforming, like these sorts of people. And it's just like, man, just got to avoid any of that stuff, you know? Um, which like, luckily, like it, you never really, you can just avoid it if you want to with like a tech newsletter. You don't have yeah. to ever touch on those topics. But like, I, I was like kind of surprised with how crazy people were about this sort of stuff, you know? Like, I, uh, 
like like just just even mentioning a name would just like set people off like i guess like recently i had this article about like universal basic income like some countries are doing it now because of uh the coronavirus stuff and like i had just like there's just this guy like hassling me like telling me i, I think like his he was like, yeah, stick to the news, Dan. Like, no one wants to hear about your, like, commie UBI trash. <laughs> and I was like, well, what? <laughs> like, I mean, it's just, like, some of the stuff you get when you touch politics it just ends up being so ridiculous, you know? But, like, uh, yeah, other than that, I pretty much just write whatever, um, whatever I think is interesting. I just try to, like, like if, I, if there is something that touches politics, I at least try to find, like, uh, uh, an article whose headline doesn't have like a specific person's name in it. Like, uh, like recently there was like this moon mining article, um, where the U S is trying to like start a treaty for like moon mining. And like, just like, if you're going to write about that, you should, I would just try to make sure that there's not like Trump signs moon mining, uh, accord or something. Right. It's like U S signs moon mining accord. And then that like kind of keeps the crazy people out there. I can't even imagine like how many emails you must get from in response and how you even deal with that. I mean, you're, you're basically running like a media company (laughs) and it's just you, right? It's just you doing it. Yeah. It's just like, it, it doesn't feel like a media because like, like you see the number, right. And it's like, it's like a big number of people, but then you like, yeah, I guess like you don't really realize how many people you're sending it out to until you see like some of the responses for certain articles. Um, yeah, like I definitely hear about it when I have like typos and stuff, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. and and stuff like that. Um, so I, I like you do like see like wow, like twenty people called me out on a typo. <laughs> but other than that, like generally, like the thing is, the majority of the feedback is just positive, right? It's mostly people that are like, hey, like thanks for. Uh, sending me this every morning, I really enjoy it, and that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So if ten people say that to you every day, it's like kind of really brightens your day, you know. So well, yeah, uh, it, must, it must feel good to to know that you know, like a hundred thousand people are interested in the stuff you have to say or the stuff you're interested in. I mean, that must be a pretty special feeling, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like that's sort of I, like I think that's part of the reason that I really recommend like curating stuff, right? Because you know, if you're like sort of um, a visionary, you should create stuff. And if you're just like painfully mediocre, like me, you should just curate stuff because a lot of people will have your same tastes, right? Um, so like when you're curating, mediocrity is sort of uh, a huge competitive advantage. Um, so yeah, in that sense, like it's nice that a lot of people have sort of the same taste in like what they find interesting as I do. So I just like kind of um, batch it up every day and uh yeah people seem to find it valuable so i read your um really helpful post on indie hackers about like how you how you think you you grew that quickly to such a large yeah. number and you gave some amazing tips on there um optimizing landing page um so you said like don't put the content of your newsletter on there which is something that i need to change because i did put the content of my newsletter on there <laughs> like keep it super minimalist um obviously do some paid ads, cross promotions, um, checking out newsletter lists and things like that. Um, of all of those, which, which do you think were, was the most effective or was there something else that really caused a big like step change in your trajectory? 
Right. So the, like, I would say like optimizing your landing page is something that's just applicable to every newsletter. Right. And like one thing that I've never seen another newsletter do uh, that I do that is super valuable um, for me is putting those like uh, OAuth um, sign up things, meaning like, you know, you can sign in with Google, sign in with Twitter or sign in with whatever, right. Sign in with Facebook or uh, whatever. Um, and you can use that to get people's emails. Uh, so like, I like if you go to my landing page, it says like subscribe via email or you can subscribe with Twitter or subscribe with Google or subscribe with GitHub. And actually 50% of mobile users actually prefer like the signing with Google or signing with Twitter uh, or signing with GitHub um, buttons. They, they actually sign up with that instead of typing in their email, right? Because like typing just really sucks on mobile. Um, yeah. and, and if you're running ads, mobile ads are way cheaper than desktop ads. So it turns out that like for me, like the longest time, like I, I was just bidding on like mobile Reddit ads and then most of the people would subscribe with these, um, sign in with Google or sign in with GitHub buttons. And like, it just really helped me grow, especially in the beginning because like I was pretty much only getting mobile traffic. Um, yeah, I, I think like I would really, really recommend like those if you're, if you're like a programmer, they're super easy to implement. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think like I would definitely look into those cause, uh, people seem to really like them and it like, I, as far as I know, I'm like the only newsletter that does that, um, that lets you subscribe with those like signing buttons. Yeah, it's true. I've never seen that before. And it seems so obvious. I've, I've been on a few newsletter um, landing pages where somehow my email was already in the box when I got there. And I'm pretty sure I didn't click from like a referral link or anything. Like, I don't know. Really? Yeah, it's like they somehow just got it from the browser, like autocomplete or something like that. Uh, may, maybe I did click on a referral link, but it seemed kind of spooky and too easy. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I'll look into that. Maybe, maybe we can grab it from the autocomplete. I, I know like, so if, if you're like a programmer, I think like there's uh like if you have a form, you can say the type of the form is email and that's what okay. triggers the autocomplete on the browser. So, uh, just make sure type equals email for, um, for your HTML forms. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't know that you could trigger the autocomplete at the browser level. Uh, I'll have to play around with that. Maybe you can do it with JavaScript or something. Um, yeah, yeah. Cause that, that was I, just so good because I literally just press subscribe and that's all I have to do. It was, yeah. Scarily yeah, easy. You know, I, I bet there's some like tricky JavaScript thing you can do where you can type in a letter for them. And if you detect that, like the drop down screen has been populated, maybe you can just click the first element or something like that, uh, to get the email like populated in there but I'd have yeah. to play around with it to see. Um, that would be a really nice hack. I yeah, it, it would be a really Maybe cool it's hack something though. like, you know, maybe it's one of the more expensive platforms like Substack or something that offers it as a, a feature, I don't know. Because I've definitely seen it at least, at least twice. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that if you use like an, uh, uh, a service like Substack with like tons of different newsletters on it, maybe they just put a cookie on your browser and like mm. save your email address, you know? Yeah, maybe that's it. Um, so what is your, your long-term goal? Like, are you going to do this forever or do you have like 
other plans to build a product that you'll sell to your subscriber list or? Yeah, I've sort of been thinking more about this. Um, I kind of want to build like uh, a sort of, uh, I, I would call it like a, a news, uh, like a media company for like the sort of hacker news slash dot crowd. Um, I guess like, so the way I think about it is you can ask for more and more um, from the people that, uh, uh, from, uh, from people like as you provide more value, right? So in the beginning, like with the newsletter, like I provide like a small amount of value every day to like a lot of people, right? Um, soon, I think I'll probably start trying to do some AMAs where like um, I can give people that, uh, that I think my audience will find interesting, like a sort of bigger platform. And now it's sort of worth people's while because uh, I have a big enough audience that like, you know, a lot of people would um, be interested in maybe talking to me, right? Um, I think in the long term, I would like to have a sort of like more decentralized type um, media source where you know so like so i think like a sort of a central problem with like a lot of people trying to get started writing online is a they don't know if it's worth their while and b they don't know if anyone will read it right so like if you can find people that you think um can write an interesting article about you know what whatever uh like biotech or or react js or whatever right um and you can promise them like a sort of platform and some sort of upfront payment uh, at some scale, you can actually just make that work economically, right? And so I guess like the goal right now for me is just to um, get to a scale where I can start uh, paying people to write really good articles. Um, so I guess, yeah, there, there is some ambition um, behind TLDR to become a sort of um, new source that creates original content at some point. Uh, but for right now, like it's just sort of a, you know, a fun project still that like I spend like, you know, 30, uh, like an hour on a day. Um, and, uh, yeah, just keep going, you know, cause you know, things are going pretty well. So there's not a lot of pressure to, to branch out, but like, I am thinking about branching out and, and maybe trying some more stuff. Yeah. I mean, it is it's still such early days when you, you think you've only been doing it two years. It's not like you've been doing it 10 years. Um, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. been, yeah. I started, still, like, are you still working in your, your day job? Oh, I am. I am. Uh, I, I'm an engineer, so yeah, but I mean, this is sort of uh, like TLDR I write at the end of the day, right? So like, um, like usually around like 10 p.m. Uh, U.S. time, I'll, I'll go through the articles of the day and I'll, I'll find what's interesting and, and that sort of stuff. That's cool, man. So it's still like a, a side project, um, but just a hugely successful one. Um, yeah. I actually... Yeah. I'm on a Telegram um, group for some newsletter geeks, it's called. Um, oh, and nice. I, I mentioned that I was speaking to you and one of the guys asked, um, so I think on your Indie Hackers in the comments, you said that you were um, charging like $10 CPM for, for the, some of the sponsorship. And he said, he asked, what was, what's the rationale for, for pricing it so low? Um, yeah, so I guess like if you read Indie Hackers, you might be familiar with this guy named uh, Peter Levels. Yeah. Um, he's like the Nomad List guy. Uh, I think he also runs Remote OK. Um, but anyways, like he has this like school of thought and pricing that I just find intuitive, which is like uh, you should sell it at a low price until you um, 
either you know run out of supply or like verify demand and then start raising it until people stop buying <laughs> so right now i'm keeping it really low until i sell out sort of inventory and then i, I will progressively raise it um but yeah I, I think part of the reason like i'm able to keep it low right now is because um it, it is sort of a side project and not like my main source of income but yeah i think like over time i will definitely increase it um right now like uh, almost all the people that sponsor it, so, um, like that seem like reasonable fits, will just keep sponsoring because it's actually just like really cheap compared to other newsletters. Uh, but yeah, I think um, over time, as there are more sponsors, I will probably raise prices. The thing is, like, I just have a ton of inventory because it's a daily newsletter, right? It's not like a weekly newsletter. I have like five times as much inventory as like weekly newsletters. So uh, I actually do have to like, it, do, it will take a while to like fill up the calendar, right? I actually do have like a sponsor calendar and um, maybe two or three out of, maybe 50% of days I'll have filled. So um, when that gets a bit higher, I might uh, increase prices. <laughs> well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll talk to you about sponsoring one of them in, <laughs> after I finish with my Reddit ads. Yeah, after you finish the Reddit <laughs> ads, man, that's, that's a gold mine. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. Um, I won't take up any more of your time. Um, would you just like to say like where people can find you and how, you know, how, if they're not signed up to a newsletter, which they probably are, um, where would they yeah. find it? So uh, you can sign up for my newsletter at tldrnewsletter.com. Uh, if your email fills in automatically, then you'll know that uh, this conversation has <laughs> been very fruitful for me. Um, you can find me on Twitter at tldrdan. Um, and, uh, the newsletter is at, at TLDR newsletter on Twitter. Um, so those are the places you can find me. Thanks for listening to Growth Lessons. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and sign up for the newsletter at growthlessons.co, where I summarize these conversations into five bullet points or less. Have a great week. <laughs>